The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to him, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will come with you. And so they went out and got in a boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over to the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and they were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it, is, that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of, the, this, none of the disciples dared to ask, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Then he said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying the kind of death, that he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Next Sunday is the fourth Sunday of Easter, commonly known as Good Shepherd Sunday, because of the gospel regarding the sheep who hear the Master's voice. And for that reason, it's also regarded as a day when we speak about vocations, to the priesthood specifically, though most homilists will include everyone. However, my experience has taught me that today's gospel 
is really the more accurate one about vocations, especially to the priesthood. Next week is the nice version. It's the much more attractive version. This week is the hard reality. Do you love me? Jesus asks. Then follow me where you do not want to go. Follow me and you will die. It will be glorious, but you will die. This is a life of service and sacrifice. This is priesthood. And it's not that you don't want to go, but I am very mindful of the death that is required. These days, there's a lot of talk about priesthood with a great deal of criticism, and for good reason. But today, I would like to speak about priesthood from a different point of view, from today's gospel, where love leads us no matter where the costs. For about five years now, I've understood priesthood not simply as a sacrifice that I make here at Mass and in my life, but much more about the sacrifice I must become. Our society seems to require people to lay down their lives, to step out in front so that others may have what they currently do not, so that our world may advance closer to the place we all hope it might be. As I have understood it, this is what priesthood is about, to protect and to empower and to eventually disappear so that others may continue the work so that you can begin it again where it is needed. To be clear, this is fundamentally the responsibility of us all. But I think one of the reasons why, at least my understanding of priesthood as religious priesthood, is given the lifestyle that it is afforded, is so that I can take the hit and continue the work that needs to be done. I don't have to worry about what I will lose, whereas most of us do. We have to take into account those around us, as well as our own livelihood, and take other things into consideration. So when Jesus says to Peter on the shore to follow and to die, this is how those words are lived out for priests today. Of course, there are many joys and many wonders. The reality of my life is that I am asked to stand in the place of God for people in their most sacred moments and birth, and death, and marriages, and many others. It is sacred and privileged ground, one that I never take for granted. But I understand why vocations are down, why people choose not to live this life. I am all too aware that I am equally loved and hated. I feel both with equal intensity. I have seen the layers of the church that leave me angry, and others that have left me broken. But God seems to be there at all the right times and in all the right ways, and so you find the strength to stay because it is more about the people you serve than it is yourself. God is the constant, though at least for me, God is not always the reason. In fact, the reason why I answered this call in the first place wasn't directly because of God, but because of the kids that I was teaching. They needed hope. They needed to know that they had choices, that they were not condemned to the life that they had known so far. And so when I searched my own experience, 
Only God offered me the kind of hope that could not disappoint. And so I figured if somebody was that witness for me, then maybe I could be that witness for them. Do you love me? Jesus asks. If you do, then based on Jesus' two great commandments, to love God and love each other, you must love them. The cross is made of both vertical and horizontal elements. And if you love me and them, then then you must follow me to the places where you would never go. Follow me to the places and with people that you would never go on your own, to live a life and make a difference that is beyond your own imagination now. But years later, when you tell the stories of people met and of things done, others will find it hard to believe. But this is the reality of priesthood. So why do I share all of this? Because from time to time, and I think especially now, we need to hear the other point of view. We need to understand what our practices of church require, lest we take them for granted. Because I think most of the time, we do. We come here without thinking about what it costs, just as easily as we live in a country without thinking about the sacrifices that many people make so that we may live the lifestyles we do. And to be clear, we all make sacrifices. The ones that parents make for their children are hard for me to imagine, though I get glimpses from time to time. But since these experiences are shared by a greater number of people, I do think they're better understood. It's, though it's hardly adequate, we do stop to celebrate the different kinds of people in our lives. Mothers, next weekend, fathers, veterans, and laborers, and the like. Their stories are not terribly hard for us to imagine because they are not so unfamiliar to us. But priesthood, I think, is very different. And if we are to work together as church, as we desperately need to do now, then I think it's helpful that priesthood not be quite so strange or quite so mystical. Priests are not superhuman or immune from the struggles that anyone else faces. I think we all know that very well now. But we are asked to bear an incredible burden, to be the mediator between a most storied and complex institution and the people it is supposed to serve, to constantly discern what must be kept, what we must let go of, and what we must allow to be transformed, to care for the soul of a people and an institution who are not always on speaking terms, to stand in the gaps with arms outstretched and hold the tensions that are necessary in order for us all to be centered. This is the work of the priest, the one who serves rather than tries to be served, the one who realizes that they must eventually disappear and go somewhere else and do it all again, the one who realizes that they are but stewards of the gifts of a community for a period of time, and that they are sent to help people realize what is possible and how to make that possibility a reality. Do you love me? Jesus asks, yes, Lord, you know that I do, then follow me.